Okay, thanks for the game and the prayer. Um, yeah, we are actually, this is our last um, look at one of the Psalms for the Connect uh, Bible study, Psalm 135. And uh, so I hope you had a chance to uh, kind of see the Psalms in a new light or a fresh light, or even if it's more of a review, um, just an encouraging light. Um, thinking about what the circumstances were for the person who wrote it, but also uh, thinking about how it might apply. Uh, I think the approach has been to be a little less like kind of trying to conceptualize it and, and try to more personalize it for all of us. So hopefully you got something out of it. But Psalm 135 is about, um, uh, this one is, is kind of focused on praising the Lord. So we have a musical uh, kind of rendering of it um, called Come and Praise by Cardophonia Music. We'll start with that and then we'll read the passage.
All right. Any impressions uh, or reactions? Um, what do you guys think of the music and the lyrics of this particular song? Put it up in chat or unmute yourself and share. Okay, um, for me, I thought it was kind of jaunty. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe I was riding a horse and somebody was showing me God's creation and or like a Renaissance fair or something like that. It was, it was kind of enjoyable. Um, I like the way that they kind of kept it um, moving at, at, a, at a good pace, a good clip. And uh, it, it made me feel like um, there's a lot of reasons to praise God. If we could have the verses, uh, could I have a few volunteers to read the passage? Psalm 135, praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant, for the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own. Israel to be his treasured possession. I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. He struck down the firstborn of Egypt, the firstborn of men and animals. He sent his signs and wonders into your midst, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. He struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kings of Canaan. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, through all generations, for the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. They have mouths, but cannot speak, eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear, nor is there breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites, praise the Lord. House of Aaron, praise the Lord. House of Levi, praise the Lord. You who fear him, praise the Lord. Praise be to the Lord from Zion, to him who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Thank you. So as I said, um, this is kind of openly a, a hymn of praise, a psalm of praise. Um, I would say verses one to three is kind of the opening exhortation to praise. It starts with the famous phrase in, in Hebrew, it's hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then in verses 19 through 21, it concludes, it reminds um, the people, um, especially the, the temple uh, leaders and priests to um Again, hallelujah, right? So uh, within those two uh, kind of um, 
bookends, right? Uh, 4 through 18 is more of the reasons uh, for praise. The psalmist's uh, selection of, uh, of like causes or attributes or actions that uh, deserve, that warrant, um, that give us cause right, for uh, praising the Lord uh, in this manner. So um, let's kind of um, maybe break it up into two kind of kind of uh, uh, inquiries or, or studies, right? The experience of praise, right? Um, again, one to, one to three and then 19 to 21. And then the other half of tonight, it'll be the reasons why we should praise God. So um, let's think about uh, the, the psalmist, right? Um, he instructs, um, directs, uh, you could even say commands the people to praise the Lord, right? Uh, perhaps he is, this is a, um, a religious leader, like someone who is uh, guiding people, perhaps he's a worship leader. Uh, this is a time of worship. Um, or perhaps he's uh, 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 some sort of head some sort of uh, you know official, somebody who has influence over others. Um, perhaps it's a king. Um, in any event, uh, the fact that he tells people to praise, I want us to kind of think about that. Um, is that, uh, I don't want to call it a good thing, but is that like something that, that works? Like, if someone tells you to praise, like we have, you know, our, you know, great praise leader, Marge, um, on, on, on the Zoom. And I know others here have experience leading that, like uh, Diana and, and all. Um, some of you are really good singers. Um, uh, is it, does it, does it resonate with you? Does it, uh, why should we, is it fitting? Is it right? for people to tell others to praise the Lord. Let me hear your thoughts. I feel like um, sometimes people just need a reminder, even though, like, let's say, even if it's like a designated worship time, um, where you would think that you wouldn't necessarily need to remind someone or or maybe people just need like direction maybe i don't know like to direct somebody's thoughts or 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 orient them in some way i don't know but um perhaps it's just like god can use someone telling someone else to praise god to i don't know maybe that's what that person needs i'm not sure yeah, I, I appreciate the, that, March, coming from you especially, right? So as an encouragement or as a, you know, let's do this together or, hey, he, you know, just to kind of uh, nudge us along even, I think that's good. But what about somebody that doesn't really, either doesn't like the song, doesn't like to sing out loud, doesn't want to really, you know, they don't feel comfortable, whatever. Um, and 
you know, it, it, it could argue be like a unity issue, right? We want people to kind of share in the common experience. So um, how do we navigate that? Like, um, I, I think, you know, I've heard from people here and there that, oh, you know, I, sometimes we don't, it doesn't seem like the congregation is, is all singing or that they really want to sing. And, you know, others say, well, you know, we all kind of praise and worship it's it's in kind of our own style and like that some people sing quietly some people you know just close their eyes and 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 listen to the singing but they are truly worshiping so how does imperative or instruction and being led how do we uh, navigate that um just to kind of uh, add a add an edge to the question I think um, I think in the past, um, like singing praise to me was mostly like singing a song, but I feel like after I experienced more of God's goodness and the Holy Spirit and being like freed of a lot of things and being healed, like praise and worship means a lot more to me. I feel like when I sing, it's not just my voice. It's like from the bottom of my heart and it's like singing from my soul. So it doesn't even matter whether it sounds good or not, but it like bubbles forth, right? Like I remember reading scripture where it says like, even the rocks will cry out, right? If you don't sing anymore. So I feel like it's that sense that this is a God who deserves our praise deserves our worship and how can we um how can we keep from singing so i think it's like that it, it, it's how i think my view of worship and singing has changed um once i experience more of god's goodness um and you know i think it is a struggle i think like in joyland I try to like convey that to the children who have trouble getting out of their chairs, right? Just to even like stand up for praise. So um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a struggle, but um, like that's something I think like I really want to like convey to the kids uh, when I teach and, you know, other people to, to experience that together um, as a community. And there's a lot of good stuff there, Lucy. Thank you. Who else has uh, a perspective that might uh, illuminate some of the things, issues that we're thinking about? You know what, um, jumping off what Lucy uh, shared, I really think that, um, Kind of the heart of praise or the purpose of praise, you know, authentic praise is, is really like that, you know, from within, from the depths of our heart. And um, I think that sometimes gets lost in the mode or the whatever genre, the, the type of expression. So, you know, when I think of praise, um, even as a pastor, 
the first thing that comes to mind is like the technicalities like you know what is it a contemporary song is it a hymn is it a lot of instruments or just you know i don't know just a guitar or a piano is it you know lighting is it um do i close my eyes you know what what are my motions right do i lift my hands do i kneel um do i sing loud do i sing you know it's the the mechanical aspects it's the it's the doing of the praise as opposed to um the uh the heart or the attitude uh the 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 desire right to praise the lord and i think that um you know sometimes uh, in in the effort to uh maybe share a, a common experience and to you know whatever sing loud sing unified um sometimes i, I feel like um uh, you know like if you go to a conference or if you go to uh, some place where they're used to they're accustomed to a certain type of volume or kind of i don't know uh, a particular um kind of style right that the pressure is it seems to me right not not for all but it seems that um that's where the focus is and like you know i remember like um going someplace where you know the 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 praise leader always tried to rile us up right and so he'd start with god is good all the time all the time god is good i can't hear you but you know we had to do that like you know until he was satisfied with the i don't know the, the lustiness <laughs> of the shout uh, and stuff so then i'm really bad so i started like with one of my friends i was saying like you could say that with almost anything like i am fat all the time all the time i fat, you know that kind of stuff so sorry for messing that up if that's a good thing for you or you know i've uh, you know seen like even like a respected revivalist i remember going to one of his uh, messages and you know we had praise time and he went up there and said when i look at you i don't see you with, with the ready heart for the message you guys need to praise god more and he burst out and I think it was tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, right? And I don't know, it just felt like, and, and then like, I, I guess after he saw our faces were moved by the lyrics of that song, he felt like we were ready to hear his message. I don't know. Uh, I, I might be kind of a, a little more, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm focusing too much on it or my critical nature is is taking away from some of the, the good things of that. But um what I want us to get into, what I think we should get into, is really kind of as Lucy said it, right? Uh, uh, to the heart, you know, beyond just how we sound or how we look or what songs we're singing, is there that welling up desire to really cry out and to, um, lift up and exalt the name of God because of who he is and what he has done and what he means to me. Um, you know, and, and I think so sometimes it'll come out in like, like very loud and expressive, loud expressiveness. Other times the best way is to, you know, just be still just, you know, almost, you know, I think there've been times when 
my deepest forms of worship and praise have been, you know, when I'm motionless and, and I'm almost kind of um, like blanked out uh, even from, you know, the singers or the, the music uh, around me. Right. Um, now, I, I, you know, kind of circling back to that original question, right. Can praise be commanded <clears throat> or directed? Um, I, I personally don't think it can, not the kind of praise that I think uh, should be <clears throat> characteristic of, of genuine heartfelt worship. Um, that <clears throat> cannot be manufactured, um, you know, uh, but I think as Marge said, it can be encouraged, it can be instigated, uh, it can be triggered, right? So, you know, uh, to try to force someone to do to, to kind of, um, I don't know, sing along or to, you know, get with the program to, to, to get on board when they're not willing, when they don't really want to, or, or maybe they're not ready to, their hearts aren't, uh, they're far from God, right? I think that is kind of a disservice to them, but to kind of create the place, the moment, the words, the atmosphere, the, the context where we can be ushered in, we can be led into, we can be uh, 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 kind of brought into um, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and, and God's work. Um, I think that is, you know, what, this is what I'm hoping for, that our praise leaders and our music and our worship elements, right, that that's what it's you know, designed to do. Whether it's successful or not, I don't know, right? I, I think, uh, for, for me personally, it often is, um, and you know we can always you know improve and strengthen, and um, really um, um, uh, you know experience God even more deeply. But that's the uh, idea of it, right? Uh, that that's our that's why we want to you know worship the Lord, not to sound a certain way, not to look a certain way. And we can. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm not suggesting that. You know, when you see people all kind of, you know, united in heart and expression and demeanor and, you know, volume um, and power and, and you know, uh, you know uh, there, there is the singing together, right? Uh, uh, you know, there's power and hope and encouragement uh, in all that. But, you know, uh, there remains this kind of fundamental, uh, elemental kind of really like raw, I think, need for us to uh, really praise God with our entire being, right? To, um, however it's, it, it is expressed. And, and that's kind of what I got out of 1 to 3, 19 to 21. That is, um, you know, it's kind of generalized. It's just a lot of praise the Lord, you know, and he specifies this person, that group, <clears throat> who, what, you know. Um, but he doesn't really say, like, how it should be done. It's just kind of like, it, it, there's a, it's just a very kind of uh, comprehensiveness. And, and if, if I can say a little bit of ambiguity on what that praise should look like, you know, doesn't really talk about instruments or 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 whatever and and that makes sense because 
you know, styles have changed and, you know, what it was praised today might have been like, <laughs> I heard Martin, Martin Luther's, you know, uh, a mighty fortress is our God. Some of, I think the lyric, the melody was kind of uh, something that was a popular like bar song or something. I, I don't know if I got that right, but it was kind of shocking like that. And, and, you know, today's content, some of today's praise music would, would be like uh, very strange to, to people of the past as when we try to introduce old music to, uh, you know, uh, uh, younger folk today, it's the same kind of, kind of, kind of unfamiliarity and, and, and reaction, but, you know, God speaks through cultures. He speaks through, you know, different times, different people, different um, um, kind of um, styles. And it, it becomes right. Yeah, it becomes uh, anything can become a form of praise in my mind, as long as it possesses the kind of qualities that, that again, Lucy, I think, referenced uh, in her sharing. Okay, uh, has that triggered any thoughts? Um, okay, uh, Chidi shared something. Uh, on on the the chat uh, anyone else is there kind of um i don't know your own kind of struggle or uh kind of working through this that, that you guys have done i guess like um sometimes i uh, maybe I've, I've also encountered those situations where maybe um, a worship leader is trying to help create a certain kind of atmosphere or experience. Um, and the aim is to, I guess, maybe produce like a certain kind of emotion in um, you know those who are participating in praise and and depending on sort of how maybe how much finesse that they have or their approach like it can feel um and especially if like i'm not in, i'm not in the right frame of mind or my heart is hard um or or maybe you know the um the maybe the worship leader is kind of pushing um a little too much then it can feel either forced or, or maybe even at worst, like kind of manipulative maybe. Uh, and so sometimes uh, I sort of see that side of it as being a little bit of a danger. Um, but then on the other hand, like I think um, I also feel the same way as like what Lucy is saying is that like if in a real worship experience, I don't have some kind of emotional uh, experience of it as well or if I don't feel anything then it also seems like there's something really missing like if I'm really like entering into you know, on some level like the presence of God and I'm like worshiping him but I don't feel anything then it makes me think that oh I didn't actually I didn't actually like um reach <laughs> I don't know I, I didn't get there or like I didn't you know, I didn't have an encounter with God in some way. So um, I don't know, I guess it just what you're uh, 
sharing about it, it made me think about like the, the role of emotion and I guess how sometimes it can maybe be uh, like manufactured or lead us astray, but at the same time, if it's not there, at least for me, I feel like it then it, it's, I don't know if I can say that I had like a real authentic worship experience. Yeah, it's um, helpful, Peter. Um, I think for me, um, I appreciate this kind of psalm, this kind of focus on um, like a call to worship. I think that um, so much of the way that I live my life or the way that we experience things is through the limitation of just our human experience, right? Like our physical bodies, um, our own like thought process or our or our emotions so I go through so much of my life just kind of thinking about things in a very like you know centered around uh, myself my own thoughts and um, my experiences but this kind of call to worship and especially you know in the beginning of a worship service I think that for me it helps me to um, focus on things of the spirit, right? To focus on um, aspects of God that are so different from my limited human experience, right? So, you know, when we're called to, and a lot of the times like the call to worship, I think focuses on the attributes of God, right? And in his um, sovereignty and his, um, power and all-knowing nature and right so those kinds of things I feel like they help me to bring me to a place where I can um, discern things of the spirit more so than um, like just the physical things right that um, most of my life is um, like through the lens that I live through the lens of just like my physical interpretation of things. So I find that to be helpful. I think that, I mean, you know, the command to praise, I think that that's tricky, right? Like sometimes when I know that I'm like tired or um, like I'll, I'll sit purposefully like closer to the front of the, of the sanctuary than the back, because <laughs> I know that, I'm just, I'm going to get distracted, right, by other people or people walking in and out or, you know, maybe I'm thinking about other responsibilities, right, that come after the service, right, or things, you know, just, just other thoughts, right, that can be a distraction. So I think that it's, you do have to put in the effort, right, to respond to the call to worship like it's not just going to be you know somebody tells you to do it right and you do it and it's going to be automatic but that there is that part of like you know making the effort yourself and wanting to be there right um yeah so but that's my experience glad for that thank you um you know I, when i think about the command to worship. I, I think about it actually specific to corporate worship, 
right? And I think, you know, I want to make a distinction for individual worship and corporate worship, right? When we worship individually, I mean, and I think, you know, that's kind of a lot of things we talk about. You have to be in the right place and so forth. But, you know, I, I think this psalm, at least the sense I'm getting from it, it's a corporate experience, right? You know, the psalmist is encouraging, look, our, our country's gone through this, right? Let's worship God because, you know, he delivered us from, you know, the Egyptians. He delivered, and, um, and, you know, when I think about like, you know, corporate worship, you know, like two things that come to my mind. First is revelations, actually. When you read revelations, kind of you read about how the elders and how the, you know, the seraphs worship, they actually are kind of, you know, almost, you get the sense it's almost a little bit liturgical. It's not as spontaneous as, you know, we want to be, right? And, um, but, um, you know, the other, and I'll co come back to this a little bit. The, the other example I was thinking about is, um, you know, if you're like, at the stadium and it was like, you know, soccer game, you know, Brazil versus, you know, your, your home country, right? And then your team, like just scored the winning goal, right? Like the whole stadium is gonna go nuts, right? And I think of worship, corporate worship or the height of corporate worship as something akin to that. It's just, you can't help, but just like, yeah, right? And in that sense, right? When we worship God, there is, meant to be something like that right something that is something that like erupts from us is just that like yeah let's worship <laughs> like it, there, there should be some sense of that where and then that's more than just the individual thing there's something you know in the if you want to use atmosphere or the the spirit of the place that is transcends your own kind of whatever issues you have like it's just you know even if life sucks you know, like your team just score that goal for that moment. You can, you know, I don't want to use, say we're worshiping the soccer team, right? Cause you know, that's what, but it's, you know, genuine worship should transcend that kind of experience, right? Should elicit that kind of a response from us. And actually now I'm going to use that picture to actually go back to revelation, right? Even though we think it reads kind of liturgically, I'm thinking, you know, like whenever Jesus shows his face and you're just looking at him, like I bet that's kind of like that kind of experience where your team just scored and go, it's just, oh yeah. Like it's it's that kind of almost kind of, yes, of course you're worthy. Of course, you know, and, and you know, on earth we have a veil, right? On, on earth, you know. We talk about Jesus being great, but we don't always feel that way, right? We don't always think that way, right? And it, it, it takes, you know, extra, you know, effort to get our hearts to that place, right? But, you know, and I think about what Jesus says, right? The true worshiper will worship in spirit. And I think of, you know, worship and praise that that primarily has to be a spiritual experience, right? More than a experience of, you know, my mind, you know, about things like agreeing with the words or my body or how loud I sing. That's a, you know, essence of the body, right? That there has to be a spiritual connection between, you know, my worship. But 
you know, it, uh, being spiritual, you know, if our minds and our flesh and our body and our whole being is subject to spirit, it should be comprehensive, right? It should include all of it, right? And, you know, to the, to the extent that someone commanding me to praise, you know, um, and, you know, the person leading it, like Pastor Daniel said, they could be just very fleshy. They could just be like, you know, I'm just trying to rile people up, right? And that's not, you know, right, right? You know, as a worship leader, right? Your job is to draw us closer to Jesus while we're worshiping, right? And if that's there, right, I, I can go along with, you know, yeah, I, I'm not there yet, you know, per se, kind of being able to utter these words, but, you know, in heaven, this is what we're going to do, right? In heaven, right, you know, whatever that's like, it should be something that elicits, you know, this spontaneous, like, this is just awesome to be able to look at Jesus, right? It's that kind of a, you know, outburst from us. And so, so, I mean, I feel like, you know, as long as it's, it's, um, you know, from where we can see and, you know, it's something to, you know, draw us closer to Jesus, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, the leader commanding us to praise. And, um, um, you know, and especially when in the Psalm, right, the, the, the leader is actually describing a corporate experience, right, that presumably everybody who is there, you know, even if they haven't experienced it, it's been taught to them, right, that it's a shared kind of a corporate experience, right? It's, it's, it's like the football, it's like the soccer game thing, right? Like, you know, we all want our team to win, right? You know, we, we all want to give glory to Jesus, and so let, let's do it. So that's, you know, my, you know, feeling about praise and worship, right? And, you know, yes, reality doesn't always work out the way we want, at least not on this side of the veil, right? But, you know, that's what we want to strive for, right? That reminds me of like a John Piper sermon where I think he said something about like, why is it that people who will like, you know, get up and yell at a football game, like when you see them on Sunday, they're like so, <laughs> you know, kind of calm during worship. So there seems to be a real disparity. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's uh, go to our second idea or, or, or thing about the, the reason that the psalmist says God should be honored and praised in this way. How would you guys uh, kind of, uh, is there a, a kind of a, a theme that you see in verses um, 4 through 18? Theme or themes? Okay, well, I, uh, I kept thinking about the term sovereignty or power, right? Sovereignty of God over... Um, certainly nature, right? Uh, it describes his ability to control the natural forces and the created order with respect to whatever um, formations or uh, weather patterns, clouds, and, and the like, right? Um, so sovereignty over nature. And then um, I thought uh, there's also stuff about sovereignty over other 
nations or other gods, little g, right? Uh, how they they can't compare to what the Lord uh, has done and all of the attempts to defy or to oppose God has come to naught, overthrown Egypt and the Amorites, um, the kings of Canaan, right? All of them have uh, succumbed to God's greatness. And um, in fact, all the idols of the other nations, they're, you know, nothing. They are worthless. They cannot um, compete, right? They uh, disappoint, they fail their people, but because they really aren't real. And the God, he's faithful. And then, so sovereignty finally in the area of um, election or choosing Israel, right? Uh, the treasured possession language is so poignant and um, how God defends his people. He'll vindicate them. He will, uh, right, give them victory. And so, um, yeah, the sovereignty of God expressed over nature, over other nations, and uh, as um, gracious uh, selection or um, choosing of Jacob and Israel. Um, those are, I think, the broad strokes that he uses to, um, you know, give substance uh, to praise. Right? There's so much there to praise God about. Right? And I think we could make application right, to our own lives. Um, for this section, I thought we should do some uh, breakout rooms. Sorry, Matt, for not giving advance notice, but um, I don't know, maybe groups of four or so. And uh, I'd like you to talk about what reasons you have had or you do have now to praise God. Right? Uh, I appreciate what David said, that this was kind of a corporate, national kind of a call to worship and praise. Um, and so those focused on that, but um, we could do that uh, for yourselves, but um, I'd like us to all articulate or maybe struggle to articulate if that's, that, be, that is the case. Uh, what we have to praise God for, why, what has God done uh, in our lives or in the world that would uh, elicit and uh, kind of uh, trigger a praise from our own lips uh, tonight? or you know, tomorrow when you're commuting or Sunday when we're worshiping God. So if Matt could put us into four rooms and give us uh, 10 minutes, um, and then we'll come back for a final song and um, close our study. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so um, thankful, Lord, for tonight's Bible study time. Lord, um, you are the only one who is worthy to be praised, Lord, um, sovereign over all things. Uh, the same God, Lord, that the psalmist 
praises, Lord. You're the same God that we praise today. Um, we thank you so much for this time to um, delve into your word. Also for this time to share with one another and encourage one another, Lord, with reasons why um, we have to praise you. Lord, I pray that we would um, individually as well as corporately, Lord, experience you powerfully, Lord, so that that genuine worship, Lord, can um, bubble forth, Lord, um, that we can experience you powerfully, Lord, and have a strong testimony um, for others, Lord, um, that we can uh, always point the way back to you, Lord, always um, be praising you forever, glorifying your name forever, um, giving you all the praise, worship, and glory. Um, we thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray.